Welcome to Size Eyes, the life of a long-term multitasker. This is the Fully Content series, where content is king, but its wisdom is the kingdom. Where learning is simultaneously a convergent and divergent experience. Where the threads of all the content consumed connect to form a mesmerizing web of infinite understanding. This series explores my unique insights, learnings, and connections with books, podcasts, articles, documentaries, and any other forms of content that I consume. Ultimately though, all this knowledge is only a rumor until it is in the muscle. Alright folks, welcome back to another Fully Content. This time we're going to be going through a podcast um, that I listen to on YouTube. So, you know, if you want to say you video or podcast, whichever one. But it was a conversation between Tim Ferriss and Josh Waitzkin. So it's on the Tim Ferriss podcast. And it was recorded several years ago, many years ago. I want to say six, seven years ago. So it's been a while, but obviously the content in there is very relevant and still holds true. And so... Let's dig in. So this was conversation between Tim Ferriss, um, who you probably know, you know, author, um, a lot of different things in his, his title, um, but you've probably heard of him before. And then Josh Waitzkin, who you may not have heard before, but um, I've heard of him before, first through chess. Um, as I was growing up playing chess, he was one of the people um, that you'd heard about since he was, you know, basically a chess prodigy. Um, he was a grandmaster when, you know, very young, young on, um, and playing the top-rated chess players in the world when he was, you know, less than 10 years old, basically. And so he was world-class in that and top, you know, top 10, top 5 type of quality uh, from a chess perspective. Um, he's written several books, um, including The Art of Learning. Um, and then he's also another world-class in terms of uh, push hands tai chi, um, well, so he did yeah, push hands tai chi, and then now he was now as in the context of the video, which was several years ago, he was doing Brazilian jiu jitsu as well, um, and so you know he's learned many skills, and obviously those skills have translated into being allowing him to be world class. So obviously he has a lot of insight into what it actually takes to be world class in something. And he's done that in several different things. And so that conversation with Tim Ferriss was pretty insightful. And so let me just start going through it here. Um, so one of the things I noted down was his... So, so he would do 40-game simuls, which basically means he's... If you've seen uh, The Queen's Gambit, the Netflix show, it's when she's playing like 20 different people at the same time. So, but this guy actually did it with, uh, with 40, 40 people. And, you know, it's, and the way he describes it is obviously only very few people actually do that and would be successful at doing that, right? But it's, he basically describes it as an energetic flow, right? He's not actually looking at each individual game. I mean, he is, obviously, he has to know what's going on, but when he's just going from one board to the next, one board to the next. It's an energetic flow. Like, and those are his words. 
And they're not happening individually in a silo, but they're all happening together. And it's, it's kind of cool. And so the, his translation of that, after, you know, first doing chess, becoming a master at that, and then in the Tai Chi realm, it's interesting to see the parallels of, obviously, Tai Chi is more of a physical flow. We don't really think of chess as a physical flow, more of a mental flow that you, if you get there. But, you know, when you are move, physically moving around, playing 40 different games at the same time, it's one energy here. It's not, actually, it's not one energy here, one energy here, one energy for the next game. It's all kind of combined, right? And things can disrupt that energy flow. And so it's kind of cool to, to see, to hear what that feels like, because I obviously haven't experienced it. Um, maybe one day, who knows? Um, Another thing that he mentioned in there was he's found that a lot of the time getting from 10 to 1 in the world is through unlearning and allowing things to flow. And so I think that's a unique insight because we always think about, all right, if I want to be top in this class, if I want to be top in my profession, if I want to be top in the world even, right, if there is such an objective ranking in your field, it's like, all right, I got to learn, I got to learn, I got to learn, I got to be the best, I got to put in the work, all those things. And yes, those are, are true, right? But maybe there may be a ceiling when you approach things like that of just learning, 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 right? Maybe it's, you know, t 10, maybe it's 15, maybe it's four, right? But what he says is like going from 10 to number one in the world, right? When in chess, you can, that's basically, that's objective. Or with a world competition, like a sporting competition, like, you know, push hands, tai chi, and jujitsu, those are, you can objectively be the best in the world at at least momentarily in time. And so to go from that 10 to number one, he says, is through unlearning. And I think that's, that's in, insightful. Because we have to unlearn let's say the bad, um, maybe a very small technique or form issue from a physical standpoint, let's say. Uh, so let's take the example of basketball, right? You can get to the NBA and be a good shooter, let's say, and have a weird form, right? But if you want to be a great shooter, there's not too many great shooters that don't have good form, right? So I'm not sure if that's a great example, but from to get from 10 to 1 in the world, right? Like, if you think about the best shooters, Steph Curry, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, um, you know, I'll, I'll throw in Kyle Korver, you know, from a three-point you know, three perspective, right? All these people have amazing form if you look at it, right? And other people can have good numbers. They can have good results, but then if the form doesn't look as good, it's not as crisp or clean, right? You know, maybe it's a hypothetical, but maybe those people could have shot better or achieved more, for example, if they took the time to unlearn what they'd been learning for many years growing up, playing the sport, or learning a skill. And so for me, as I continue to go, go on this journey of life, right, I'm going to be looking for things, hopefully at least be aware of things that, all right, what do I have to learn? But more importantly, what do I have to unlearn to be even better at something?
And maybe that's a question you ask yourself too. And tangential to that is, you know, a couple of questions that he had in there were, what do I want to be a beginner at? And what do I want to be world-class and a master at? Actually, I don't think he asked this question, but I think I noted it down um, as, I was, as he was talking and just thought of it. So it's like, what do I want to be a beginner at? And what do I want to be world-class and a master at? So I think those, those are a couple of questions. So that I can be intentional about where I spend my time. Do I want to be just good in something? If that's good enough, then I don't need to spend the disproportionate amount of time to get f from 70% to 80%. Because I, with me, I've found that I can easily get things from 0 to 10, 0 to 50, let's say. But from 50 to 75, that takes like, ten, that's just, you know, that's uh, 50 to 75, that's 25%, right? That's, that's half, that's 50% of 50, right? And so, but that takes, let's say, 5x, even though that's a half x increase, it's a 5x amount of time input that you have to have, right? So, but is it worth it? And sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. So it's just contextual about what are those times and situations and skills of what I want to get from 50 to 75, 75 to 90, 90 to 95, 95 to 100. Or what are those things that I'm good with being 50 at? Let's move on to the next thing from get to get to zero to 50. Or let's focus on the next thing to get from 75 to 85, right? So... I think those are a couple of questions I'm going to be asking. Uh, he also brought up the phrasing of physical intelligence, right? So we focus so much on mental intelligence, right? Of like, hey, are you smart? And like, we, we think of intelligence as implicitly mental. But there's also emotional intelligence, which we've started to recognize, right? Our EQ. Obviously, our IQ has been the mental intelligence piece of it, right? But then what about our, I don't think this was phrased this way, or I haven't seen it anywhere, of a PQ, right, of our physical intelligence, right? Is it, you know, how balanced are we? How good is our motor skills? How flexible are we? You know, athletes, you know, I think naturally tend towards the, the higher end of the spectrum of physical intelligence, right? But for us non-professional you know, athletes, how much do we actually focus on that when we say intelligence? How much of that do we think about physical intelligence? So I'm going to challenge myself, challenge you to think about how physically intelligent are you, right? Because I think that physical intelligence can translate to mental intelligence and vice versa, and emotional intelligence and if there is such a thing as spiritual intelligence. Right, I think all those things are interconnected and working on one in a silo I don't think is a way to go. Understanding each of them impact the other is more of a network effect. So one thing he uh, also mentioned is um, so in, in a martial arts perspective, right? He's, so he works with basically the best jujitsu person out there, Marcelo Garcia. I've actually seen his videos, but, you know, I'll take Josh's word for it, right? And so 
So as a beginner or even as an intermediate, right? So let's say I only see when someone making is, is making a move in whatever martial art or, you know, let's say MMA, you know, UFC, whatever it is, right? Boxing. Boxing is not a martial art, but let's, let's go with it. Um, you know, if someone only sees two moves, right? When they only see like two punches, right? Or a punch and a, or like, um, a shuffle or whatever it is, right? If someone only sees those two moves, but then the master, the best in the world, they see 10 things where someone else would normally see two or three, right? That master, they, the person who sees the eight, nine, 10 different things that are going on, they can operate in a much higher dimension, right? Their awareness is much more keen and acute right so to someone who only sees two things there it can seem mystical it can seem magical if they don't have a frame of reference for what someone is doing right so it's really then about going slow being methodical being intentional tuning in your awareness to everything that is going on within that specific move within that specific skill within that specific whatever that you're doing and so the lesson that I took from this is it, it doesn't, if I want to be a master at something, if I want to truly be a master at something, I have to get to a level where I see things that most normal people don't, right? I have to see every little granular detail and then it becomes a part of me just like that. And then I can see, like, oh, I see these moves happening in front of me, right? But no one else really sees them, but I see them. And it's, it's but it's all a part of me. And so I'm going to challenge myself to continue to, and this is not just on the physical sense, right? In a mental sense, in a spiritual sense, in an intuition sense, right? Leaning into that, just going when we say going with the flow, right, it's not just haphazardly. It's an intentional going with the flow. But anyways, here, the you know, main thing here is creating frames of reference to do things that seem extraordinary to other people, but actually are ordinary to, to you. Uh, let's see, what else? Going through my notes here. I mean, we're, we're about 14 minutes into this. So one thing he likes to do here is uh, about creativity bursts. Um, and so, you know, so what he'll do is do something complex to end the workday. So he wants to think about something complex to end the workday, right? But maybe not figure it out fully, right? But then after, you know, let's say the work day ends at five, he doesn't focus on it at night at all. But he then at night when he's sleeping, he lets the unconscious mind process it. And then he works on it for, let's say, 30 minutes the next morning. And most of the time he said, you know, it, it'll, it'll magically click, right? So if we, you know, believe that 95, 99% of our mind is, is unconscious or subconscious, non-conscious as James Clear likes to say, 
then you know let's and, and if we're struggling with a problem or trying to solve something or whatever it is we're, we're grappling with it for a bit let's do it towards the end of the workday not immediately before sleep but towards you know the afternoon evening um, wind down don't focus on it don't think about it easier said than done sometimes but don't focus on it when you're going to sleep and then let the unconscious mind do its thing and then wake up and then let that be the first thing that you do in the morning not check your phone not do anything else right but then leverage that your unconscious mind and so I, I've done that a, a couple of times and it, and it has worked so um, definitely going to continue doing that when I can or when I need to uh, and, and one of the last things here is so what yeah this is one of the last things that he mentioned in uh, in the podcast in a conversation was philosophers versus philosophologists so um, that's a word that he created but everyone likes to I think look and listen to people who talk about things right if you if you look at the news it's you're not actually listening to the news you're listening to people's interpretation and views of the news right instead of you know some people reading the bible reading the scriptures reading whatever books on philosophy they're listening to people talking about that armchair professors as he said in the conversation and so instead of actually going to the source of it, we're listening to the people who, are, who have actually read it and made their own, come to their conclusions, which is what we want to do. But inst instead of us actually going to the original source of the truth and making our own conclusions, we're creating our conclusions from the context of other people's conclusions rather than making our own conclusions from going to the source. Right? So a philosopher is someone who is thinking about those original texts, those original ideas, and forming their own opinions, thoughts, ideas, conclusions, etc. about them. Versus a philosophologist, an armchair professor, you know, a wannabe, let's say, are these people who implicitly or explicitly create their opinions purely based on listening to others and watching other people's interpretations of things, whether that be events, whether those be ideas, whether that be texts, etc. And so I'm challenging myself. I mean, I've fall victim to this as well, right? I, I've listened to a decent amount of stuff recently about uh, philosophy of, of, you know, Jordan Peterson, Sam Harris discussions, listening to Kurt J. Mungle, um, about consciousness, about his conversations and his uh, podcasts and you know, getting into that realm more. But I've only read meditations and I've, I've, I act like I'm this amazing stoic, this amazing philosopher. But, you know, and I f say that, you know, I'm well read and I go, um, I'm spiritual, I may not be religious or whatnot, but you know, I've actually never read any of the texts, the, the old, 
you know, I've never read the Bible, never read the Bhagavad Gita, never read the Ramayana, never, never read the Quran, ne ne never read any of those, right? And so, or never read um, any Immanuel Kant stuff, or Aristotle, or anyone, right? And so I want to be better myself about going to those sources and reading those books and making my own conclusions. Of course, the translations, if they're in a different language, aren't going to be the exact same. Or if they're in older English, it's going to be, it may be tougher to interpret in modern English. But that's going to some, be something that I'm going to challenge myself to do. So, you know, one of those things is I went to Barnes & Noble. I bought uh, the Inferno, um, rent, uh, read by, written by Dante. So I'm currently reading that, actually, um, at the time of recording right now. Um, and then I'm, uh, I also bought, uh, the Quran and I bought the Tao Te Ching. And so, you know, those are things, uh, and I bought Philosophy 101. So it's not actual works by any philosophers, but those are getting my feet wet into, let's say, high level of well-known philosophers in history. And so those are different ways of me getting involved more thinking about grappling with the original sources of ideas rather than people's interpretations of ideas. And so I think that's, that's going to be something I want to challenge you to as well, of going to the original source and making your own conclusions, thinking for yourself, having that critical thinking skills that you supposedly learn in college, in high school, etc., so let's, let's put those to the test. Go to the original source of whatever it is and create your own thoughts and ideas. Be original. Be creative. So anyway, that's my rant for this time. Um, but yeah, this was an amazing conversation. I listened to it uh, while driving. I listened to the entirety of it, which I normally don't do, but it was a longer drive. So um, yeah, hopefully that was insightful. Definitely recommend listening to the original... <laughs> Yeah, in, in the, on that note, right, definitely recommend listening to the original Josh Waitzkin Tim Ferriss conversation and not just taking my word for this. So ending on a meta note there. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Size Eyes podcast, Fully Content Series. I'll see you next time.